here, which I didn't need to use in my old days. I've got a pair of glasses, which I may need to use at some stage. Um, but really, it is a, a huge honor to be uh, uh, with you. I, I am just awesome, uh, uh, in awe of what God has done over the years. It was probably about four years ago, I was sharing an office out at uh, the Abotnik campus with Daryl, and, uh, and he was sharing his vision and his dream for Pukekohe. And uh, today we see the fulfillment of that dream. And uh, it's just so awesome. And uh, yeah, give the Lord a hand for that. That's, uh, you know, Daryl used to talk about it. Uh, we used to share. We used to just, you know, just I used to try and encourage him a bit. And, uh, but God had placed something in his heart, him and Denise. And it's just uh, amazing to see what God is doing. And, you know, I uh, um, shared last week at our Rotorua Elam Church and uh, on, on Easter Sunday, which uh, I prefer to call Resurrection Sunday, um, I prefer to give glory to God than to Easter. Uh, but, you know, that's uh, uh, on this point, and I, and, and I shared a couple of weeks ago at our Elam men's uh, camp, which we had for 50 guys out at, uh, at a camp uh, um, and over a weekend. And I really believe God is starting to stir us up to raise our level of expectation. Uh, you know, I don't know about you. I, I've been in church since I was three weeks old. And uh, I turned 59 in a, in a few months' time. And so I've pretty much been in a few thousand church services. Uh, and over my life, I've been in conferences. I've you know, pretty much grown up in church. And, uh, but I, 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 I'm consistently and constantly challenged to continue to raise my level of expectation. It's so easy just to settle. So easy just to come to a point where we think, okay, we kind of know it all. We kind of know the process, how to be a Christian and how to go about life. But I really believe God is, 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 is challenging some of the mindsets that we have. And it starts in the mind because the things we believe is the way we live out our lives. And I believe God is challenging some beliefs, systems in our lives, and particularly for those who may be getting on a little bit. And, and uh, you know that we, we tend to settle. And it's time really to step up and invest in the next generation, to invest in those around us. Uh, you know, I can speak, I think, particularly to South Africans who come to the country when we came 21 years ago. Uh, it's easy just to get caught up in just trying to make a new life for ourselves. But you know, I really believe God brought us to this nation for a purpose. We're not here just because it's more secure or because uh, for better schools or for other reasons. God has brought every immigrant into this country to add value, uh, to input and to influence and, 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 and have an impact in our society. And so I just encourage you to let's not become complacent. Let's not just to go through the motions of being a Christian. It's so easy to do that. I really believe God is stirring us up. And, uh, and part of this message this morning is, uh, is really a, a Resurrection Sunday message. I preached it, last, as I said, last week at uh, Rotorua Elam. And uh, I spoke to Daryl about it. I didn't, kind of didn't want to preach what he preached on last week. But you know, I just felt it, it really kind of is adding on and, and, and really almost a part two, I guess, of what Daryl may have mentioned. Um, is it Narak? Narak? Naraki. Uh, I was really encouraged by what Naraki said because really what he said was the essence of what I'm going to preach about today. And, uh, and that is just around this resurrection. And, you know, maybe you're thinking, well, look, last week, Sunday was the time we celebrated the resurrection. Now it's for something different. But to me, the resurrection Sunday is it's probably my favorite Sunday, probably my favorite day of the year. You know, I like my birthday because... Um, I get great presents from my family. I, I like Father's Day because my, my boys, uh, t you know, they, they, they recognize that and they bless me. Um, you know, Christmas is a good day. Uh, those are all good days. But to me, my favorite day is Resurrection Sunday because that day we celebrate the fact that our Lord Jesus Christ conquered death, hell, and the grave. 
And you know, presents come and go, and Christmas comes and goes, but there's one thing that remained constant through my life, is the fact that God has conquered death, hell, and the grave. Jesus has come and given us life and life to the full. And you know, Good Friday is a, is a fantastic day to remember our Lord Jesus, and we have communion on a regular basis. But you know, what happened on Good Friday will never be repeated again. It was a one-solve uh, fully paid price where our Lord Jesus Christ came and put an exclamation mark on this, the, the incredible love letter that God has written to the human beings on this earth. And that was the exclamation mark. That was, that was the point where everything was fulfilled, where our sins are taken away forever for the whole world. But you know, what happened on Resurrection Sunday is something we can appropriate every single day of our lives. It's something we can walk in, the resurrection power of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the... Uh, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, it's a well-known scripture. Paul writes and he says, Oh, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection. And the Amplified Version says it like this, that I may know him experientially. You see, when we, we know God, I mean, you can know someone and, and know of them, but when we experience them, it's an experience that we have in with God. We know him experientially, becoming more thoroughly acquainted with him understanding the remarkable wonders of his person more completely and in the same way experience not just know about not just hear about not just preach about not just read about but experience the power of his resurrection which overflows and is active in believers the power of the resurrection of God, the power of the resurrection of Jesus is not some one-off event from 2,000 years ago, but it's an ongoing thing that lives within us, and we have to experience it every day of our lives. The power of God's resurrection. We know that the Bible says the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives and dwells within us. So we have that same Spirit, that same power, that same resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead lives within us, folks. Every day, and you know, I was reading a, a book recently, and by one of a, a pastor, and he was writing and saying, you know, we have been given the full fire power that God has at His disposal. We are fully loaded for every circumstances we face in life. I don't know about you, I get quite excited when I hear that. That we are fully loaded. You know, you may have just a sling, you may have a staff, you may have a jawbone of an axe, whatever it is, God can use that and with His resurrection power take you to whole new levels. Whole new levels in Christ. I, I really believe that that's what God wants to take us to this year. It's no longer being complacent and saying, yeah, okay, I'm, you know, life is okay and I'm kind of going to trudge along and see where it goes. No, it's taking the full anointing and power that God has placed in our lives and, and, and becoming everything that God has destined us to be. I really believe that that's what God's power is for us. But it only happens when we really know Him. How do we activate this power? I don't know about you, I don't always operate in this power. I don't seem to always operate in the power of the, of the resurrection of God. And so how do we activate it? The Scripture is clear. You need to know Him, become more thoroughly acquainted with Him, and understand the remarkable wonders of His person more completely. How do we do that? Well, you know, just uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I had the privilege of celebrating, or we had the privilege of celebrating our 31st wedding anniversary to the most wonderful, incredible woman in the world. She's the most wonderful, incredible woman in the world because she's put up with me for 31 years. Um, and, um, and I've got uh, the scars to prove it as well that I've done a pretty good job. But, um, 
you know, uh, God has just been an incredible blessing in our lives. And, but, you know, Kyra and I, we are a team. We won. We, we think alike. We have the same dreams, the same hopes. We, we support each other. We encourage each other. And why do we do that? Because over 31 years, we spent the time getting to know each other. We spend times uh, laughing and crying together. We've traveled together. We've argued. We've fought. We've uh, had different opinions, and we've we sorted those out, and we dealt with things in our lives. You see, it's a daily living together, and after 31 years of living with Kyra and her and our team, we won. We won flesh. We, 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 uh, we have that unity, and that's what God wants us is as we live with him, as we experience him, as we spend time with him, as we see his his input into our lives, and we engage with Him on a daily basis, that slowly but surely we become one and we experience the same power of His resurrection. You know, I've uh, seen God's power demonstrated in my life. You can come to me and say to me, listen, I can present a com- very compelling argument why, logically, why God doesn't exist. Uh, you know, that you are worshiping someone that you've never seen. But I know He lives. I know he's risen, uh, Jesus risen from the dead. I know God is real. Why? Because I've experienced his power. You know, when I was just three months old, uh, I uh, was diagnosed with, uh, um, uh, with uh, oh, what's it called, um, tuberculosis. And uh, I had tuberculosis in my glands, and it attacked the glands. And tuberculosis is not really a, a disease that's much around anymore. It still kills around about one and a half million people a year. But basically caused you to throw up blood and, and, uh, and, and run high fevers. And so as a little three-month-old baby, I had tuberculosis. I was taken to the hospital in Durban in South Africa with my, by my parents. Uh, they cut, uh, made incisions in my neck. They put plugs in there to drain the poison out of my glands. They put a huge bandage around my head, around my neck, and they told my parents to go home and come back the next day so they could put a fresh dressing on, my, uh, on the wounds. And uh, on the way home, my parents stopped at a, at a Assembly of God church on Moor Road in, uh, in, in South Africa, and they were having a prayer meeting there. And my father and mother took me to the prayer meeting, and my father, he, uh, he kept his eyes open during the prayers, uh, and uh, he was watching me as they were praying for me, and he said he could literally see the color in my face going from a very uh, gray, whitish color into a, a far more pink color as, as the blood started to flow more freely through my veins. And anyway, the next morning, they took me back to the hospital, and as the doctors and the nurses removed my bandages, literally... My entire tuberculosis had literally just healed up completely and actually closed up the, the, the holes and the incisions and actually pushed the plugs out. Literally, the plugs fell out. You see, I was completely healed within 12 hours of being diagnosed and having the treatment. God healed me and touched me because I know. And so I know my God lives. I know my Jesus lives. I know my Redeemer lives today, and I have a relationship with him. My father in 1964 had a massive heart attack, was rushed into hospital, and uh, the doctors told my parents, my mom, like, you know, this is touch and go. I'm not sure he's going to make it. Uh, you know, it was a very serious um, heart attack, and my, uh, we had our church was praying for him, and, uh, and that night, I don't know what happened, but my father says Jesus turned up, sat on his bed, and he spent the whole night speaking, speaking with Jesus. And I uh, woke up in the morning, the guy next door, next door to him said, Frank, man, you talk a lot in your sleep. And uh, my father said, I was talking with Jesus. It totally freaked him out. But um, they came and examined my father, totally healed. Totally healed. They said, it's a miracle. How did this happen? He said, well, Jesus healed me. 
You see, my, I know my Jesus lives. I know my Redeemer lives. I know His power in my life. A couple of years later, my mother got streptomycin poisoning. It meant the wonder drug of the 60s and caused her kidneys to collapse. Her one side of it, one kidney totally collapsed. The other side was barely operating. She was in hospital. She was busy dying in the hospital bed in Durban. And uh, my brother, my eldest brother and my father were praying desperately, seeking God for, for healing across the country. There were people, churches across the country, praying for mom's healing. She had a catheter attached to her, and basically there was nothing coming out. Her kidneys had totally failed, and nothing was working. And as they prayed and prayed and prayed, eventually a little drop came down the catheter, another one and another one, another one, another one. And God healed her right there as they prayed. You see, I know my Redeemer lives because He's healed, He's touched, He's delivered. My father, my mother, myself, Jesus makes a difference in our lives. And he can do that for us every moment of every day. And you know, my mother was discharged from hospital a few weeks later, and they said to her, Mrs. Simons, you were very lucky. We don't understand why you got healed. And she said, I wasn't lucky. It was God that healed me. And on her medical records, literally the doctors wrote, Mrs. Simons says God healed her. And, and, uh, but they said, look, Mr. Simons, you've only got one, basically half a kidney. Uh, that's all you got left. You can get a, a sickness really quickly. We give you around about six months to live. My mother decided six months wasn't long enough. And uh, in 2004, at, the age, at, at, at 38 years later, she decided to go and be with the Lord. You know, God took six months of a death sentence and turned it into 38 years of life. I think, personally, I think God didn't really want her there. My mother was a bit of a difficult lady. And... Um, <laughs> And uh, so I think God sort of said, no, you can stay there for a while. Um, uh, she was actually really annoyed when my dad died before her because, like, I'm the sick one. How, can he, how dare he die? And I think she had a word with the Lord when she got to heaven about that as well. Um, but uh, that was just my mom. But, you know, the point, was that I, the point is that I see, and I've seen, and we can, I can relate story after story after story of God doing something incredible. His resurrection power unleashed in our lives and, in our, and, 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 and operating through our lives. And I just want to say to you today is that you can also tap into that power. No matter what circumstance you're facing, as Kylie said from the front, no matter what you're facing today, no matter what your circumstances are, God's resurrection power is just as powerful today as it was when it raised Jesus from the dead. Just as powerful when I went to Jesus when he was in, down in conquering death, hell, in the grave, and that power raised him up as that power that's operating within us. Wow, time is going. Let's go. You know, I, uh, I, there, was, there was a story in the Bible where was, uh, uh, we know it well, and I'm sure it's often quoted over this time of the year when uh, the story of Lazarus and, and, and Mary and Martha, and, and we know the story how Mary and Martha's brother Lazarus was really sick, and they were friends of Jesus. And Mary and Martha sent word to Jesus to come and heal their brother. And uh, for various reasons, uh, Jesus was delayed. And by the time he turned up uh, at, um, at their home, Lazarus had already been dead for, five, for four days. And, uh, you know, as we know, Martha was really annoyed with Jesus and shouted at him, you know, where, you, where have you been? If you'd been here, my brother would not have died. And, you know, it was at this moment when Jesus saw the incredible sadness, the incredible desperation in Mary and Martha over the death of their brother. Uh, in John chapter 11, verse 25 and 26, he makes a statement that I believe changes things, not only changed things for the lives of Mary and Martha, and not only changed things for the life of Lazarus, but I believe it changes things for every single person who believes on the name of Jesus. And this is what he says. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. 
anyone who believes in me will live. Even after dying, everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die will never die. And, and I just want to say to you today, maybe you're facing some circumstance and you think God is coming a little bit too late for you, that things are not working out and things are not you know, turning out the way you expected. I just want to say to you, if your life is in turmoil today, hold on to him because his word says that I am the resurrection and the life and the life anyone who believes in me will live. The Bible says that the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but he has come what? To give us life and life to the full. And that is available to us today. Why? Because of his resurrection life lives inside of us and dwells inside of us. From the story of, of, uh, of, of Lazarus, there's just a few things I'd like to quickly point out today, and you may have it in your notes there. The first thing that we see from this story is that Jesus feels our pain. He knows the pain that you're going through. In verse 33 um, of, of the scripture in, in John 11, it says that Jesus uh, when he saw the tears of Mary, he was deeply moved. And from what I'm not a Bible scholar, but from what I understand, that terminology for deeply moved actually it actually denotes anger. It actually de- it denotes to, it means to like snort like a horse in anger when you when you see something on you, and uh, and something comes in front of you that that causes you to to become angry. And and you know I, I really believe the enemy. Uh, sorry, uh, Jesus. He hates the fact that the enemy um, has, brings things against us. He hates the fact that the, the power that the enemy has in this world to bring sickness and disease and poverty and to break up marriages and to break up relationships and to cause issues in this life and to cause war and to cause hatred. And Jesus literally, when he looks upon it, the first thing is he, he becomes angry with what the enemy is doing. And then it goes on to say that thereafter, it goes on to say that, that he had felt compassion for them. That he, 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 he felt and he understood their anguish. And then in verse 55, when he, sorry, th- verse 35, when he comes to the grave where Lazarus is, it's the shortest verse in the Bible. And it's probably one of the most profound verses. And it simply says, Jesus wept. And, and I just want to say to you today that, you know, you may be feeling all alone in what you're facing. And I don't know what circumstances you're facing. I don't know what challenges you're facing. But Jesus loves you so much. And he feels your pain so much that he wept. And it's interesting, Jesus actually, before this said that I allowed Lazarus to die so that the Son of God may be glorified in, in, the, in the resurrection of Lazarus. So he knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. He knew that he was going to, he, he wasn't weeping for Lazarus, but he was weeping for the pain that they were feeling. He knew he was going to raise Lazarus. But he was weeping, and you know he knows the end. He knows the circumstances. Whatever you're going through, the final, you know, part hasn't been written yet. But he is still weeping for you. He's still there for you, and I want you to hold on to that, the comfort that he brings in your life. The second thing we see is that Jesus understands our confusion. Mary and Martha, they, they, you can imagine how confused they were. This is, this is a friend of theirs. This is Jesus. They've seen him heal the sick. They've seen him uh, uh, touch lepers. They've seen him do incredible miracles. They've seen him make the, imp- the impossible become possible. They've seen it, and so they were so sure that he was going to come and heal their brother, and he didn't turn up. And I don't know about you, but I've faced circumstances in my life, and I've, I've said, God, where are you? Come on, I, you know, I, 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 I've served you, I've loved you all my life. Why haven't you responded to me? What, I'm confused. Why, why are you not, you know, turning up? And, 
You know, imagine the disciples after Jesus was crucified. You know, he was going to be the, you know, he's the son of God. He was, he was going to come and rule and reign. He was going to set up his kingdom on earth. And, and, and then he died. Imagine their confusion that they felt. No wonder they ran away. No wonder they were disturbed by it all. And, you know, I'm sure there are times when we feel as though, God, are you really there? And I just want to say to you, he understands that confusion. But the final hasn't been written yet in your story. It hasn't been concluded. The Bible says that he knew one who believes in him will live. No matter what you're facing, whatever you believe in him will live, will have that life and life to the full. The third thing we see today is that Jesus is never too late. And sometimes I have a little bit of a problem when preachers talk on that. But, you know, if you look at this situation, from what I understand, and I'll let you believe that in uh, a lot of the belief systems in those days um, was that if a person died, that their, their spirit remained with them for at least the first three days after their death was still there with them. And so it was possible for them to be raised from the dead. It was possible that their spirit could somehow be re revived or re reignited or whatever. Uh, there was the three days, and it's interesting that Jesus turned up four days after Lazarus had died. And in Mary and Martha's mind, it's like any hope was gone. There was still kind of hope there for the first three days, but this is the fourth day, and it's too late. His spirit's gone. There's no hope. And and, you know, sometimes, I don't know about you, but we think that there's no more hope for our marriage or there's no hope for that relationship or our finances are really gone or, you know, our sickness is too far gone or, or, or whatever we're facing is just literally, it's no more hope. I just want to say to you, there's always hope. There's always hope. And even though in your mind and your belief, that's it, it's over, I just want to say to you, God, the resurrection power is still available today and is still operative and active in our lives today. It's still available for us to tap in. And I believe God can release that. And if you are facing something that you think is over, I just want you to hold on. Keep believing. Keep praying. Keep acknowledging God as your, as your Lord and Savior. Keep it, uh, keeping your faith in Him. And I really believe God will come through for you. The fourth thing is that Jesus always brings life. John 10, verse 10, I've quoted the scripture earlier. The thief only comes, and we know that's the enemy, comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. He's the one who wants to destroy our health. He's the one who wants to kill our, 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 our joy. He's the one who wants to steal our, our relationships and our husbands, our wives, our, our, French, our friends, and the, and the things around us. He wants to steal the word of God in our lives. That, that's, what the, that's what the enemy comes to do. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. You see, when Jesus turns up, everything changes. When he turns up, you see, when Jesus turned up, my tuberculosis was healed within 12 hours. When Jesus turned up, my father's heart was, 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 uh, was revived and recovered and, and renewed. When Jesus turned up, my mother's life expectancy went from six months to 38 years. When Jesus turned up, Lazarus was raised from the dead. You see, when Jesus turns up, everything changes. Everything changes. And I just want to say to you today that when Jesus turns up in our life, His resurrection power can flow through us. And I really believe that what's what the message really is, and a very simple message today, that Jesus knows where you're going, what you're going through. He knows your situation, your circumstance, and He has got so much more in store for your future. You see, no situation, no person, nothing is beyond God's power to save, to set free, to deliver, to transform 
to give life and life to the full. Years ago, we used to sing a, a song, as old Bill Gaither song. Some of you may remember it. And it goes like this. He says, because he lives. Because he lives. Not because I've got a big bank balance or not because I've got talent or not because I've got a big ministry or not because I run a big business or, 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 or not because I've got this or that. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. You see, we can face, no matter what circumstances in front of us, we can face them because he lives. Because he lives, all fear has gone. What's the opposite of fear is faith. You know what God, the Satan tries to steal from us. And, and we, when fear, fear and faith really go in the same direction because fear is just having faith in that things are going to go wrong. Things are not going to turn out. Having faith in God is that things are going to turn out well. And that's what, when he believes, because he lives, because of Resurrection Sunday, because of him and that resurrection power is available to us, because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know who holds the future, he holds. You know, we think we want to hold on to it. I need to know my future. I need to know my destiny. I need to got my plan worked out and where I'm going. No, he holds your future. And life will be all worth the living just because he lives. I'll leave you with one last scripture. And in Job chapter 13, Job spends 24 verses lamenting over how his life has turned out. He spends 24 verses talking about incredible hardship that he suffered, the loss of his family, the loss of his finances, the loss of his lands, the loss of his friends, the loss of everything in his life, the loss of his health. And, and I don't always understand the story of Job. It kind of, I, don't talk, I don't preach out of Job because I don't really understand it that well. But um, you know, I, 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 he, he, for, for 24 verses, he's lamenting and talking about all the bad things that happened to him. And then in verse 25, he makes this incredible statement. He says, but as for me, I know that my Redeemer lives. But as for me, I know that my Redeemer lives. And you know, I don't know what's happening in your life, and you can lament and write a story of all the bad things that have happened in your life. But I want you to say today, but I know as for me, my Redeemer lives. And because He lives, He's brought life to me. And His incredible eternal life lives now within me. And I have that power to experience the resurrection power of His. Because He lives. Come on, someone must be happy about that. Come on. You see, as we know in Job, that after he made that declaration, everything that he lost was restored to him and more. And that's why I believe that God's destiny is for each one of us. It's not only to just uh, get by our mentality, not only just to survive, but to thrive. And yes, things have happened in the past, but as we hold on to the fact that our Redeemer lives, that we have resurrection power flowing through our lives, we'll see God at work and do amazing things in our lives. For the Bible says, I've set before you life and death, blessings and cursings. You know, sometimes you say, God, bless me, bless me. God, give me life. And he said, I've given you the choice. It's before you. It's your choice. You choose it. You don't need to pray to me for it. You don't need to pray to me for blessings. I've given you the choice. I've set before you life and death, blessings, cursing. By the way, just in case you're confused, choose life. It's so much better than the other alternative. Choose life. So that what? So that you and your children may live. Folks, this is not only about us. This is about the generations 
This is about the bonds that are still to come. And I really believe that every day we need to wake up in the morning and say, today I'm not going to choose death. I'm going to choose life. God's resurrection, power, and life, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead living within us. And maybe you're coming here today, you're visiting, and, and maybe you know that either you feel you know that you sort of walked away from God, that, that you're far away from God today. We're going to give you the opportunity in a moment to come back into a relationship with God, to say, God, I once walked in, in, your, in, your, in your ways, but I haven't really walked in that way for a long time. I want to come back to you today. Or maybe you come here today, and, and, and this whole thing in church and Jesus is kind of new to you, and, and you just realize today that Jesus loves you so much. When he died, he died for you to transform your life from death into life. And you see your choice today. So we're going to give you the chance to choose, to choose life today. So let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your resurrection power that flows in our lives. We thank you, Lord God, that we can be the head and not the tail. We can be above and not beneath. We can be more than conquerors through Christ who strengthens us. God, I thank you, Lord, for your anointing, your power in our lives. And Father, I pray for each person here today that is, Lord, um, struggling with circumstances, situations. I pray, God, that you'd fill us with faith and renewed, Lord, confidence in you, knowing that you have brought, come to bring us life and life to the full because our Redeemer lives. And Father, I just pray for those that are, are far from you today, that you would draw them by your love, show them how much you love them, embrace them here today. And, and uh, I'm going to pray a prayer in a moment. And if you are that one of those people that may be a little far from God and you and you feel that you don't have that relationship with God, or, or maybe you've never come to the point of, of saying, God, I, I want you in my life. I, I, I want to experience that life. I just would like you to maybe just, just quietly on your own, I need to pray it out loud, just quietly, while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, just pray it in your heart to say, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you came to die for me. I thank you that you've taken away my sins, and today I want to accept you as my Lord and Savior. And today I will make the commitment to love you and to follow you for every day of my life, for the rest of my life. And thank you that through that I can experience life and life more abundantly in Jesus' name. Now, while we remain in, with heads bowed and eyes closed, if there's anyone here who is, falls into that category, either you come, haven't been walking with God for a long time, you once did walk as, with God as a child or hadn't experienced before and you've walked away, um, or if you come into God for the first time, and it's the first time you prayed that prayer. If you prayed that prayer, I'm just going to count to three. And on three, I just want you to raise your hand. And you're not raising it to me, really. You're raising it to God as an indication to Him. But um, what it also is, we just, uh, just love to be able to pray for you. So if, if, that, if you fall into one of those two categories, coming back to God uh, after walking with Him for in the past, or, or this is a new commitment to Him, in, in, in the count of three, just raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand now. Thank you. I see those hands at the back. Awesome. Anyone else? Thank you, guys. I'm not going to prolong this too long. Thank you. I see that hand as well. Anyone else? Great. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for those people that have, Lord, are either recommitting their lives back to you or just... Lord, coming to you for the first time. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you're going to continue to work in their life and give them, Lord, a, a fresh encounter with you. Lord, that you're going to build up their spirit by your spirit, Father. 
And I just pray, Lord, that you would just uh, seal your word in their lives and their hearts. So, Father, I thank you for them in the name of Jesus. Bless them, Mark, and whatever they put their hands to in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. God bless.